tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Assembly, where we correct genetically altered Christianity and we replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with God. This is a part of the 513 Project. Now, we've been going through the book of Matthew for the past couple of weeks, and we have learned so much about the character of Christ. This week, it's not going to be any different. In fact, we're going over Matthew 1.14 this week. So let's dive right into the scripture. Azor fathered Zadok. Zadok fathered Achim. Achim fathered Eliud. All right, right off the bat, what I see here is four different names. Azor, Zadok, Achim, and Eliud. So let's look at the meanings of their names real quick to find out what God has to say to us today. Azor means helper. Zadok means just. Now the word just also has a meaning of righteousness, to be justified. Achim means the Lord will establish. And Eliud means God his presence or God of majesty. Now I'm not sure if y'all are anything like me. When I first saw the word majesty, I started to think about it and realized I really don't know what majesty means. I've always used context clues when people talked about it in church. So me, being me, went back and actually looked up the meaning of the word majesty. And it means genius. So the name Eliud here means God of genius, which I think is incredible. So let's take all the definitions and put them together in a statement and see what God has to tell us today. Through the helper, righteousness is what the Lord will establish. He is the God of genius. The character of Christ that is revealed to us this week is compassion. How does the scripture show us how Jesus is compassionate and that that's in in his character? Well, let's look at the meaning of the word compassion. Compassion literally means sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering and misfortunes of others. Sounds like Jesus. Think about it. Jesus saw the misfortune of humanity. The misfortune of humanity was being separated from God the Father. With no access to the Father, no way to bridge the gap between the two. Us and Him. We learned about this in previous weeks. He chose to die on a cross, go to the prison of hell, so that He could satisfy the justice of God the Father. One thing to remember about God the Father. Yes, He is love. Scripture is very clear about that. And He's also fair. He has to be just. He's justice incarnate. There has to be a penalty for the opposite of him, which sin is the opposite of him. So Jesus dying on the cross and going to the prison of hell was the payment that he paid to buy us back from sin and death. Imagine, if you will, Adam and Eve took out a loan from the bank of hell. Then they found out that they actually couldn't afford the payments. And in the Jewish culture, if you could not pay back that debt, your family would have to work off your debt for you. Who is the family of Adam and Eve? Every single human being that followed. 
So all of humanity is working off the debt that Adam and Eve went into with the bank of hell. And what does that look like for us? That means all of mankind is forced into servitude or a form of slavery by Satan. Well, Jesus saw that and said, that's not fair. So Jesus and his father created this plan to purchase the debt from the bank of hell and transfer that debt to them. That payment came in the form of the perfect sacrifice, also known as Jesus dying on the cross. Well, of course, dead men can tell no tales, right? Also, dead people don't own anything. So what does God do? He raises Jesus from the dead through the power of the Father, the power of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to go down the rabbit trail of the Trinity in this episode. We've covered that in previous episodes. Suffice it to say, God had enough power to bring Jesus back to life and transfer the debt that humanity owed from the bank of hell to the Son of God, Jesus. And now he's alive. No longer dead. Now Jesus is alive. Still alive to this day. Which means he has a legal right to all of his stuff. The actions and the choices Jesus made are the practical definition of taking pity on us. Compassion. But it's like Jesus is the perfect Billy Banks. You know, that infomercial guy that was always saying, but wait, there's more. Because the definition of compassion, it's not just about taking pity. It's not just about seeing our misfortune. And it's not just about helping us out of one impossible situation. Check out the earlier part of that definition for compassion. Concern for the suffering. Well, suffering is a verb, which implies active hardships what you're going through right now. Jesus not only saw the problem and corrected it for our past and the past things that we had no control over, sin, death, yeah, that one. He also stuck around to give us the help in our current tough situations, like we learned last week, making sure that we are never alone. And then he takes it another step further and shows us that he's concerned about all of us. The word concern used in the definition of compassion, it's used as a noun. So the meaning of concern used in this statement is a matter of interest or a matter of importance to someone. Basically, through the compassion of Jesus, you are a matter of interest to Jesus. Your life here on earth is a matter of importance to Jesus. The way you live is a matter of importance to Jesus. The actions that you take, they are a matter of importance to Jesus. Because of the character of compassion that Jesus has, He doesn't want you to live the rest of your life like hell, like the rest of the world. He offers you the opportunity to stop living that way and to live more like Him. But He doesn't just tell you how to do it. He offers you the opportunity to learn from Him. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, learn of him. In fact, that exact scripture says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If I could hear Jesus' voice coming through this scripture, this is what it would sound like to me. Because I have such great concern for you, I'm offering you a relationship with me. Please take it. 
What I'm going to teach you might sound hard and it might be hard to walk out at first, but trust me, ultimately it gets easier to walk out the more you do it. Repetition is key. I know it sounds heavier than what the world tells you to do. It's actually the exact opposite of what the world's telling you that you should be doing. But trust me, it gets easier. My burden, the burden to love, that's light. Because love brings happiness. Love brings freedom. Love brings rest. As long as it's the kind of love that's defined by God the Father. You can learn of me and how I love. You're that important to me. And learning of him equals learning how to live in his presence. Learning how to live while standing with the only one that's ever been, is, and always will be right. Learning of him equals learning how to live in righteousness. If we were slaves to the bank of hell before Christ, during our time as slaves of hell, we lived in the gap of heaven and hell, slowly falling toward hell, never having a solid place to stand. After accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he purchased our debt and offered us a new place to live. If we accept that new place to live, then we're living in a place called Righteous. That's the name of the city Jesus Christ started for us. Welcome to Righteous, the place where you are in right standing with God. But Jesus isn't satisfied with you just living in the city of Righteous. He wants to show you around, personally. He wants to teach you the new ways of living in the city of Righteous. The new ways of living called Righteousness. Where we lived before, in the gap, the way of living was called survival of the fittest. And you're still all damned. Now, as a child of Christ, we can live in a new way, in righteousness. So what does this new way to live, called righteousness, actually look like? Well, all of your needs have already been taken care of. That's just a perk of living in the city of righteous. But living a lifestyle of righteousness means that if there's anything you want, all you have to do is ask. Ask and then pay the currency of the city that you're living in. Where you're living in the city of righteous, right? So the currency isn't Bitcoin. It's not any type of monetary form that you can think of. The currency is faith and trust. Faith in the one who purchased you. And trust that he's going to keep you safe. Faith is the currency. It's the only thing that pleases God, so it makes sense that it's the currency in the city of righteous. Keep in mind that living in the city of righteous, it's not always easy. It's simple, but not easy. Because you'll always get those flyers from your old home, the Gap, showing you the newest, most exciting attractions. Some of your old friends will even call you from there from time to time and personally invite you back. You know those friends. The ones that want you to go to the bar and go clubbing and get your mind off of all things that are good, pure, and holy, according to what Scripture tells you. Or maybe it's that friend with benefits that you used to have. It could even be that old colleague of porn. I mean, that was the colleague that was there to get your blood pumping. Another uh, person of your immediate family, Anger, they try calling you too. Come on back home to the Gap. 
I mean, they were the ones that were always there to hold you in unforgiveness and bitterness towards everybody else. The great thing about living in the city of righteous is none of those people concern Jesus whatsoever. Jesus is concerned about you. All that, the grass is greener on the other side type stuff, Jesus don't care. Why doesn't Jesus care? Because he has enough faith in you that you're going to let him handle it. And handle it, he will. Because another perk of living in the city of righteous is the security system of this city. No weapon formed against you will prosper. If God is for you, who can be against you? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. You're a citizen of the city of righteous. That makes you a righteous man. God said it, not me. So don't take my word for it. Go check the scriptures for yourself. I didn't establish the city called righteous. I'm not the one that established this new way of living called righteousness. I definitely can't teach a person how to move into the city or live in the city. But I know the one who can. I know the one who established the city of righteous over 4,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden. Now, granted, the city did go vacant for about 2,000 years. But it has quickly regained residence since the event of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And what God establishes will never return void. The genius of God is too amazing to ever allow that to happen. Compassion is just another aspect of the character of Jesus. His compassion for each and every one of us. He saw our misfortune. He took pity on us. He was concerned about our suffering, so he helped by giving us a completely new city to live in while we're here on earth. The city called Righteous. A place where we can live in the way of righteousness and right standing. Through the helper, righteousness, the Lord will establish. Because God is a genius. And I hope you tune in next week. Because next week we're going to discuss what gives us the ability to live in the city of righteousness. Here's a hint. It has nothing to do with you or what you have to offer. And everything to do with what He, Jesus, offers you. As long as you stay within the city of righteous and continue to build your house of relationship with Him. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I want to thank you again for tuning into this episode of Salt and Light Assembly, Building Relational Disciples. Be sure to check out our website at www.saltandlightassembly.org. The link's going to be in the description below. The YouTube channel is coming very soon. So be sure to register on our webpage, sign up for the newsletter so you can get updates of new content that comes out and what the ministry is doing to impact the community around us as well as impacting the world. But until next week, be bold, be strong, and be blessed. Jesus. Jesus.